Welcome in, everybody, to Pickaxe and Roll, brought to you by our good friends over at Superbook Sports. I'm your host, Ryan Blackburn, at NBA Blackburn on Twitter, part of the Mile High Sports Podcast Network. And I am joined by a very special guest here uh, from the Denver Nuggets themselves, the Nuggets digital team. It is my friend, Matt Brooks, at Matt Brooks NBA on the old Twitter sphere. Matt, thank you so much, man, for hopping in. Really appreciate you taking the time, dude. Hey, thanks. It's, it, I'm excited to be back. I, I always laugh when people say, oh, from the Denver Nuggets, like I'm a two-way player or something. <laughs> All right. For yeah, man. Time. Hey, <laughs> like, you're, you're, you're a tall guy. You're a tall lad. I, I, yeah, I'd probably I, say, like, how you're like 6'1", six, 6'2". Six, a waste of height, honestly. I'm, I'm not a good watch for, uh, for, for actually playing basketball. I went and shot around like the other month, and it was honestly atrocious. Like, I did not know somebody could shoot that left that consistently like just constantly up the rim uh it's it's an atrocity that's why i write words you know i'm i'm living i'm living through nba players because my lord i can't play basketball <laughs> that's uh that's uh, awesome man but it sounds like a personal problem though sounds like is. uh sounds like something that you, you it's always it's always going left so look it, it is what it is it's uh <laughs> um look we're <laughs> Uh, we are here. We're vibing. Matt and I, we always like to have fun at the arenas uh, when, when the Nuggets come together, when they play every as often as they do. Uh, Matt's always a good hang. He's always fun. He's got some great takes, and and I hope everybody is following Matt uh, for some of the, the video content that he puts out and also some of the statistical content that he puts out uh, from these games. It's always fun to chat with Matt, and he's got – uh, some great insight. Uh, the old asshole that I uh, that I initially thought it was he was going to be, he turns out is a pretty good guy. That's still my favorite story. That you were just like, I don't like this guy. <laughs> Man, I it, you know I never I never like fully assume on anybody, and so that was that was abnormal. That really was like I couldn't believe it. But uh, no, we're we're having a grand old time. So I appreciate you for stopping by, man. Matt actually just did a Twitter space, a Twitter spaces with uh, DMAC, who's vibing out with the Nuggets as well over the course of these past couple months. Uh, no, you're a busy guy, man. And I know you've got another pod tomorrow. So, oh, <laughs> uh, Sorry, I know you've I got hot. another pod tomorrow <laughs> as well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So like, uh, I'm glad to, glad to get you on, on some of your time. <laughs> no, it's it's all good. I, but hey, I appreciate you for stopping by. We're going to talk about the Nuggets. We're going to talk about the win last night. Uh, we're going to talk about the Nuggets and Nikola Jokic just putting on a show once again. Uh, it's been a lot of fun to watch Nikola Jokic and, and watching him when he's actually having a good time. Uh, it's it's mm. way better. <laughs> it's, it's way better after he's a little bit refreshed after the All-Star break for sure. Um, Denver obviously wins last night, 130 to 110, coming back from uh, a, a three-game losing streak right before the All-Star break. I didn't know how they would approach things. I kind of assumed that they'd, they'd hit the ground running, but you just never know sometimes. Uh, no, they hit the ground running last night, Matt. What was your favorite thing about just the way that they performed uh, coming out of the break? Oh, man. Like, what didn't go well? I, I'll say this. Man, everybody looked athletic. There were, like, 10 blocks, every, the dunks, full-court passes. That was a team yeah. that looked like they needed the break, and they came out feeling refreshed. It was cool. That was a fun game. Um, you know, you, you look at the schedule. Yeah, it's like the first game out of the break, but you're playing a team that's 9-45, and 45, and you're like, I don't know what this game is going to be like. I'm assuming. I'm assuming <laughs> the Nuggets are going to win, but is it going to be, like, a really conclusive win or is this going to be kind of like a slog uh i mean you got everything in that game you got a great mpj game uh jamal was really good yoke obviously made history last night uh christian brown got his first double double zeke had four blocks and was switching like even down to garbage time was fun the last two minutes i don't know if anybody was still watching at this point zeke had a turnaround uh, you know, it wasn't even that one that got me. Jay Huff putting on some wheels. <laughs> that dude was awesome in, in garbage time. He looked great. And uh, and so that's it's very rare for, for the game to be kind of fun throughout. But I was enjoying myself. I was having a grand old time. And and that's just what you want to see from a team. Like 9 and 45 sounds like a fake number. That sounds, that sounds like a, a fake record that you just gave to me about the Wizards. But that is actually true. And they played like it. 
Uh, the first like few possessions of the fourth quarter, they quite literally turned it over every single time. And it was mostly unforced, completely insane. And they are horrible. Like that's, that's probably my biggest takeaway from last night, more, more so than anything that the Nuggets like really could have done. Like it would have been hard for the Nuggets to win by any less than like 15, but uh, still like they, they performed, they put on a show and then the Wizards definitely helped them. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I would say like I'd caution getting any really hard takes to this game. I think you could be like, Hey, this was really encouraging what you saw from Christian and Zeke. And like, that's what you want to see going forward. I think it's cool to see as the road, you know, just kind of watch for rotations, I guess a little bit as you get into the season, but yeah, I mean, the Wizards, uh, it, like they had that possession or that, but like, what was it? They called a timeout and then they immediately turned yep. it over yep. on the timeout. And there was another timeout. I'm like, wow, you rarely see that. The double timeout in like 20 seconds. Um, it, yeah, it, it was, it was pretty up. The thing is I like, you know, like they got some good players on that roster. It's just kind of like, it makes you realize how talented the league is now. If you don't have like, even like you take Charlotte Hornets, Charlotte Hornets have LaMelo like that. That stuff matters yeah. so much. Those teams without that, like, you know, for sure, number one guy. I like Tyus Jones. I like Denny Abija. I like Kyle Kuzma. There's a bunch of guys I like on the roster, but it's like, it's it's really hard, I think, especially in today's league with how many talented number one options there are. It's it's tough to remain competitive if you kind of, that changes night to night for you a little bit. How about Jordan Poole getting benched before last night's game? Yeah, I don't know. It's Man, like the, the yeah, Jordan Poole of twenty twenty two was a, a a really awesome watch. Uh, it's 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 been a weird year with that. Um, yeah, it's, I don't know. <laughs> it was yeah, it, it's it's like remarkable to watch in a way. It's it's a very different player. Yeah. I'll put it that way. <laughs> That's remarkable to watch. He's, it's, uh, the, some of the shots that he was firing up last night, and some of the shots that he got blocked on last night was insane. Uh, but yeah. like, look, I mean. He's going through it. You, you don't want to kick a guy while he's down, but he's clearly down right now. Uh, and the Nuggets took advantage. They they took advantage of the team that is clearly down. This was a nice warm-up game, I think, coming out of the break for Denver where you get to stretch your legs a little bit. You get to have a little bit of fun. This is not one of those ones where it's a grind and you're you're although Marvin Bagley and, and some of those guys, like Kyle Kuzma being very physical, like those guys were playing yeah. hard. There's no question in my mind that they were trying. And yet, like it, like I said, it was just hard for Denver to not win by 15 with the way that they were playing, even though they didn't shoot exa- exactly well. Yeah. Um, lots of guys played, as, as you mentioned, like like Jamal played great. Michael played great. Mm-hmm. Uh, Aaron played pretty well. I'd, I'd say that there were some weird plays with Aaron, like trying to kick out from under the rim sometimes. But uh, which of those guys really stood out? We'll, we'll, we'll save Jokic for the second segment. Which of those other starters stood out the most? Jamal, to me. Not just Jamal, like the okay. way he was moving, uh, how decisive is not the word I want, but like just the way he was so like keyed in on, oh, cool, I got Tyus Jones on me, I'm posting him up. His midi was just like perfect the whole night. He, he just looked like physically really good and he looked, he played rested. Like it just, that was the guy that jumped to me. And I, I wasn't sure, like Mike mm. had it going early and I'm like, oh, Mike looks really good. But it was, it was to me, Jamal's consistency throughout the entire game. Oh yeah. Happy birthday to Jamal today. Um, uh, yeah, he's a, I, 27. I thought, he and I are the, the same age, couple, couple months apart. <laughs> um, yeah. I, I, to me, that was the guy that kind of stuck out for me. Um, you just always can tell when Jamal's like, got that rhythm. He's got that spring in his step. Um, he, he was really, really good to me. He's one of those guys that it, you you can really notice it pretty quickly when his legs are under him, when his, when he's feeling mm-hmm. pretty good. And, and he tried to get up for a couple baskets of, around the rim and, and was trying to cram on a couple times and just looked really good with his burst. And like, there were some good defensive yes. plays that he had just kind of stonewalling a couple guys and, uh, the the pass that he picked off that was full court where he's, he's sprinting back in transition and just picking that one off. It's it's those kind of detail plays that you start keying in on the change of direction and the athleticism a little bit. Although I did notice there was one there was one moment during the game where he was sitting on the scorer's table like trying to catch his breath a little bit, and it was 
relatively early within his stint. So I wonder if he's trying to get off his feet a little bit, just mid game, just to relieve some of the stress mm. on the the shins that he's been putting on. But so I don't know. I, I'm not going to sit here and say that he's fully back, but he, he looked good. Yeah, he, he looked really good to me. Anytime he's getting downhill, I'm like, oh, we got a good, we got a good Jamal game. Putting jelly on layups, like it, it was. You could just tell it, Jamal is. I, I always feel like Jamal is somebody you can tell within like the first five minutes, kind of like what you're looking at that night to me. Mm. But that's that's always that's I'm a good point. Like, eh. Although like, I guess that's not true because in the playoffs he would he would like there was games I, I want to say it was like in the Minnesota series where he started like a little slow. I had not that just I'm not one of these people that like is like oh yeah it's like you know game one about twenty minutes I'm I'm throwing general. <laughs> I'm hoping it's the Minnesota series, <laughs> but I, I think it was the Minnesota series where it was like he had a slow start to first half, and then he kind of comes out uh, in the second half. So maybe that's not correct, but I just generally this year, I feel like I've gotten a pretty good sense for like how he's going to play based on the first couple of minutes. So it's nice to see though. Like he's, he's one of those guys that Denver, Denver's obviously going to need, and, and you're not going to win a championship if Jamal's not going to be at his best. So you want to see him going the right direction as often as possible. Um, quickly on on Mike and, and Aaron, uh, Mike looked good, especially at the beginning. There were some reads that he was making out of the pick and roll, just dumping the I ball off. Totally agree. Short roll. That one, I was like, okay, that yeah. that caught my eye. That was very interesting, and like I, I'd love to see them kind of get into that a little bit more, especially early on in a game where you're just like, hey, let's take the burden off of Jamal early on in this game. Let's have Mike do some playmaking and try to grow a little bit. That was interesting. Yeah, he came off that handoff and he stopped it about the elbow. I thought it was going to be a, a pull up, because, which is fine. Like that's a shot he's comfortable with. But he like draws two and he took that extra second and hit Yoke. And it's like a, a pass, like three feet to his left. Like you know, it's it's not a pass where he's like throwing it through the wickets, but it was just like such an. I, I know Malone said after the game, like it was a basketball play. And that's what it was. It was like yeah. it was like the first couple of minutes he did that. And he had another one later. But that was the one I really remember because it was like the timing on that was perfect. And that was so much like you're playing within the flow of the game. And you're kind of letting it come to you. I'm like throwing out every cliche on the planet right now for, for basketball. But <laughs> he did. Like it was like every cliche ever. It was everything that yeah. Mike was doing in that moment. So really good game. I like the floater. The floater has been – it's a good shot for him. I like. I do not like the floater. I like it. He's up to I, I do not like. Why not? So here's here's where here's where I will push back on it. There was one possession later in the game where Jokic did rebound the miss. It wasn't a big deal, but there are times where Mike, like when he gets somebody on his back and he's got a two on one going downhill, he can manipulate that and use the fact that he's six ten with a high release and drop it off to Jokic a little bit more consistently than what he's looking for. That is the playmaking leap that I am looking for as as he continues to go forward. And then also, like, you're 6'10". You can get all the way to the rim. Like, especially if you've got Jokic right there. Keep putting pressure on it. Don't don't bail out the defense by shooting a floater, even if it's good, because you could turn that into a 65% shot at the rim. That would be, in my opinion, the, the better way to go. Although, look, that's a... That is a playoff thing where you save your body for that. So I'm not I'm not really critical here, but he uh, there there are some things like I, it, it is a, a step in the right direction for the in between game that he has lacked for a long time. Yeah, I like so here's why I like it because I think you wanna like you can use the regular season to tinker with that, and even if that means like all right, I'm taking this floater maybe in situations where I shouldn't. You're just getting in game reps, um, and I right. think if you can kind of build out from there. But I, I see your point, I, and I do think like rim touches are going to be really important for this team and every single team. Like you want to get all the way to the basket. He's six ten. I, I get it. I just I like it. I like that he's been able to like take it confidently, and I think there's always going to be like a little bit of a balance with that. Like you you yes, you want to get reps, you want to do that, but is you also want to find the like right shots for yourself. But I like it, I, and I've liked that he did it a little bit in end of the series against the heat i want to say like game five he took it a couple of times um and i and i liked it then and that was my first like oh that would be a cool shot for mike like if that's something that he could work into his arsenal and make it more consistent and uh so i've been a fan of it i you know i don't care what the numbers say i'm, I'm going pure hooper eyes right here i like it 
<laughs> Break, breaking it out in game five of the NBA finals like a real hooper. That's uh, that's, that's always it. what we do. Come on. That's, <laughs> that's funny. Uh, uh, three guys that we got to hit on before we hit a break. Uh, Peyton Watson, Christian Brown, Zeke Nagy. Mm-hmm. Which of those guys stood out the most for the right reasons? Uh, I'm going to go with Christian because of the rebounding and he had this play early on where he caught it like i think i think yoke threw it to him on the he was in the right corner and he caught it and it wasn't like a, like cause sometimes he'll catch and like hesitate for a second it wasn't that like he was covered like the guy closed out well to the corner and he like ripped through and took this little like i don't know if it was like a euro or what what the technical term for it was but it was this really nice finish and hook shot and it was funny he was like working on those before the games I, that was a really good play. I think those those types of shots where he's getting run off the line from the corner and kind of coming to the basket at a direction, like a that that angle, those have been a little trickier for him. That was, to me, like his best finish I've seen. Maybe this year, it was just like a really, really controlled, confident play. Uh, but the rebounding was great, too. I mean, he's just coming in from the weak side. Like, look, like if guys – aren't going to guard you in here at the perimeter, like crash, go ahead. So a uh, really, yeah. really good game from him. I like that play. And I know exactly the one that you're talking about. What really stood out about it was like, like you said, control is one word. It's almost like the slow step that somebody mm-hmm. like a Luca or a Jokic kind of throws where you just, you change the pace just a little bit. And that's so much of the problem that Christian has had so far in his career where when he's trying to drive off the rim, he's trying to use his athleticism and his speed to get the edge like you would in college because very few people could keep up with that level of athlete. But the difference at the NBA level is everybody's that level of athlete. So you have to be crafty and creative and do the things that the defense is not expecting just to create separation. And that one was such a great example of that because it created just enough for him to get into a comfortable place where he could shoot. Well, it was like a four foot, five foot hook shot or something like that. And that's exactly what you're going for. That's, that's exactly what you need from the dude. And it's, it's not that, it's not that hard. It's something that you've got to practice. It's something that you've got to be willing to go to and try. Uh, But I like him going to that rather than just crashing to the rim because too often he's been called for charges or teams blocked his shot, or he's just a little bit out of control trying to go so fast so I, I really like that. I thought I think that's a great point. Yeah, it was cool. And I, I it was funny, like Peyton, fellow sophomore, talked about that in practice. I don't know if you were there. You might have been sick that day. No, yeah, I was I was missing right? on that day. You missed it? Okay. Uh, no, uh, I was on Tuesday. Yeah, Tuesday I was there. Yeah, whenever Peyton spoke, he talked about like, I'm learning I don't have to go so fast. And that was something we saw like a little bit in transition early in the year. He would just like fly at the rim, which is great. Like Peyton's super fast. But he, he mentioned, he was like, I'm I'm learning and I've learned, like, even when I'm going slower, I'm still really fast. Like, I'm faster than most guys. And I think that's something in these last 26 games, Peyton, to his credit, has done a good job of that. That's something, if Christian can continue to do that, I think that's a huge, huge growth point. Um, and, and something that I think will be used and leaned on a lot, because there will be a lot of those possessions playoffs where you do need to make those decisions run off the line um or even just creating something out of nothing a little bit i I, that those those situations will be there there's no doubt about it um peyton four blocks zeke four Mm -hmm. blocks those guys both looked great defensively some of the blocks that peyton had just like out of nowhere (laughs) catching up with the dude doing crazy things from a a timing perspective and making the hustle plays that get the crowd going like that dude uh, he's going to be a great defender for a long time i'm just i'm I'm growing to expect it a little bit more and these are the situations where i mean he's he's young now but he's going to know okay i can hunt against this team or i can hunt against that matchup or things things of that nature so he's gonna he's gonna learn that really really quickly um, and then Zeke, like just a, a really nice bounce back performance from him. I just very, very impressed. There's a level of poise that you have to have uh, just entering that situation. And obviously this was not a tough matchup. He was going against Rashawn Holmes for hash, half the time and 
uh, Eugene Amarui, who was giving Jokic buckets. Hey, uh, respect him. <laughs> he was good. I thought he was good. He was might have been the best player on the floor. PJ Tucker, a, a like, wild statement. He was the PJ Tucker yeah, of the Wizards. It's... I was I was impressed. <laughs> my new. He looked good. Uh... He's gonna be my do up is a do up wreath. Like everybody was on him early. Oh. This is my two way guy. I'm gonna. I'm locking in on him. Like, this guy's going to be good. I don't know. But he was good. I like him. I love him. Sorry. <laughs> um, no, it's okay. It's okay. Um, no, Zeke, I thought, had a nice bounce back. And, like, he had four blocks himself. And that is that is the level that Denver's going to have to reach with him. It's, it does, it's not lost on me that garbage time, everybody was minus three. Zeke ended up being a minus three, which means that during the time of the game that really mattered, he was only a net neutral against this Wizards team. That's not a great sign, and and Denver's got to find more ways to be positive in those minutes. Uh, overall, like I mean, the skill set is there for him to be impactful. Where you switch and guard and defend and screen and offensive rebound and do those things. If he can do those things enough, then he will. Like he he might even play in the playoffs. Like I I don't mm-hmm. I don't feel comfortable with it yet, and he's got to continue to show this over a bit more time but he might have to play and and denver might decide to go that route which they, they kind of have to he's locked in until 2028 but yeah i mean this is like the like if aaron gordon gets in foul trouble like i i think you go zeke and like i do his credit he's been really good since mid-february i mean really like the last four games or so i've really liked what zeke's done uh just even little things like there were. Did he have any offensive fouls? I don't think he had any yesterday. I just felt like no, his not, not last timing night. and like calmness on offense. Again, you're like playing the Wizards, but he's like setting up. He's saying, "Oh, do I have a dribble handoff here? Nope, I don't. All right, we're just gonna reset." Like, there's no reason to like try to create something out of nothing or throw my body into a guy to try to get an angle for another guy coming off a teammate, like or a, off my uh, handoff and screen. Like, he was just really. He just looked kind of poised, which was good. Um, I think that's. The biggest thing for him is just reading the flow of the game, staying calm, and being like, all right, we're going to just read the next play. Um, and it's hard. Like, man, like I remember talking to him before the season, and he said, look, like I've been trying to like watch film of Nicola and like learn how to be that handoff hub, which I think is cool. I think it makes sense. Like if he's not – if the shooting is not going to be like the thing that's featured for him as like a pick-and-pop guy, like you are going to have to figure out what he's going to be. and if that's it great but that's hard to learn that's really hard to just be like all right i'm gonna become nikola Jokic now and be like a five out like handoff <laughs> yeah guy. it's like hard to do but i thought yesterday was really one of his best performances doing that it, it may seem really easy like oh you're just handing the ball off to somebody but it's hard you gotta like position your body and make sure you're creating advantage for the guy coming off the handoff and it's it, i thought it was really good it takes a lot of poise and that's what i felt like he did a really good job of yesterday what do you think of the lineup, by the way, before before we go to a break? What do you think? What do you think of the lineup? Uh, Murray, Christian Brown, Michael Porter, Peyton Watson, Zeke Naji that they kind of deployed last night. There, there's a couple times where they had Reggie as the the stagger yeah. instead of Mike, uh, but I did. I think the the one with Mike out there was a bit more natural. I like it. I like pairing Mike and Jamal. Um, yeah, I, I, I like it. I like when they combine those two in actions. I like it when they have him spaced one pass away. I, I like it a lot. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, 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 that's the one I've always kind of – like, even when I first got here, I didn't know anything. It's like my third game. I'm like, well, they should pair, uh, you know, Jamal and Michael Porter together because it's really good on cleaning the glass. I've, like, never watched this team, but, like, I've been on yeah. it. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you, you fucking solved the nuggets, dude. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> the one game. <laughs> All right, dude. Yeah, I have a cleaning the glass subscription, so I'm gonna figure out our playoff rotations. Yeah, but no, I, I've liked it. <laughs> so I, I like when those guys play together. <laughs> I am. I know. That's why you liked me when I first came here. <laughs> oh my god, I love it. No, it, it made a lot of sense then, and I think it's it's one of those things that I'm, Denver's gonna have to go to that in the playoffs. I think one of the things that you're starting to realize is that the Reggie Murray duo with the bench and kind of with the configuration of guys that they have it's probably just not going to work over a prolonged period of time 
So Denver's going to have to adjust and they're going to have to mix and match a couple starters. And it, it may not have to be Aaron Gordon all the time. Like maybe the answer is to go with a Mike and Jamal lineup that has a little bit more spacing and offensive punch, as opposed to a defensive lineup that has Aaron Gordon out there, because like with Bruce Brown, they were able to kind of get away with it because the defense was so good. I'm not sure the defense is going to be that good this time around, but if you throw out Mike out there instead, a, a Jamal and Mike lineup should be able to score against most configurations. Yeah, agreed. And I think you can, uh, I mean, the tricky thing is just figuring out what that other spacer looks like. I think you do. I want to get to another spacer in there. Is that KCP, Justin Holiday? Like, I, I don't know. I, I don't know what that looks like. Um, but yeah, I, I think lineups will be key for those two guys because you want to give them space to do stuff. Although Mike can hit contested shots and so can Jamal. But um, yeah, you, this is your corner. You're, I always trust you with lineups. I'm like, he looks at this stuff every single game he's gonna ask me a question i'll get you know i'll answer and then he'll give like a way better answer because he's this is your corner right yeah. here the rotations well i mean <laughs> here, here's something something fascinating to think about by the way peyton watson's now attempting more threes per game than christian brown uh christian's mm-hmm. at 36.3 percent on 1.8 per game peyton watson's at 34.2 percent on 2.1 three-point attempts per game and, and they're basically about the same minutes so it's interesting to think about. They, neither of them are really spacers, but if one of them hits a couple threes, you're good enough. Like it, it's just yep. going to be fine, especially with Murray and Porter. So I, I think Denver's they've they've got a little bit more flexibility than I thought if they have those guys there, uh, especially because Jokic has done such a great job of propping up all the other lineups. So yeah, I love it'll be interesting Peyton, to see the way, he, the way he takes those shots. It was the game against Memphis. Remember when they kind of like left him alone yeah. in the corner? And he hit like how did he hit? How many threes did he hit that game? Four or five? Like it was. Uh, he hit like four out of ten or something like that. That's what you need. That's because that's gonna happen yeah. realistically in the playoffs. There will be a series where one or both of Christian and and Peyton are left open, and I love that Peyton takes them, and I think that's key for Christian is taking those shots. Uh, he's been really good above the break the whole year. Um, and, and little things like that, that play he had, I'm going to keep going back to it. Uh, that, that play where he gets run off the line on the, on the, uh, when he's in the corner and he does that little like hop step and hook shot. Like those are the things you want to see from him going down the stretch. I love it. It's going to be good. Um, by the way, Peyton Watson shooting by month so far, October, he only played four games. So I'm not going to count that November. He was 0%. December, he was 37.8%. January, he was at 295 so definitely down. Uh, and then seven games in February, he's at 53.8% so far from three. That is that is, that is interesting. Uh, he's going to be streaky. He's always going to be one of those guys that's streaky, yeah. but uh, still, still uh, fascinated to see what version of Peyton you're going to get from a, a spacing perspective going to be going to be fascinating to see where he grows okay but we have to take a break we've we've ignored nicola for long enough so uh let's take a break when we come back we are going to chat about the mvp and then doing doing some crazy stuff because uh there, there's an opportunity here for him to uh to potentially win a third a third mvp this year and like i think it's actually very very strong but first everybody this podcast as you know it's brought to you by our good friends over at superbook sports uh, really appreciate everybody for checking out Superbook over the course of these last few weeks as we've continued to push them. Uh, you can win some money this season with Superbook, the most trusted name in sports gambling, with a direct line to Las Vegas, and you can use their promo code Mile High to score up to 250 bucks with their first bet bonus. Win or lose, Superbook will match your first bet up to 250 with promo code Mile High. Download the Superbook Sports app, enter the promo code, and you'll get 250 bucks courtesy of Superbook Sports. Visit superbook.com for terms and conditions. Gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER. Uber at back on pickaxe and roll. Now 
we're back. Pickaxe and roll. Ryan Blackburn here joined by my guy, Matt Brooks from Nuggets Digital. Uh, done a, a great job over there. Make sure to go check out all of Matt's content that he puts out as, as you're, you're putting together some film breakdowns. What's What do you think you've, you've got on tap next that, that folks should be trying to check out uh, that they're that they're interested in? Wow, what a good question. I actually, usually for these questions, I'm like, I don't know, I'm doing a film breakdown my 900th of the year. This time, I do have something cool coming out. Uh, I talked with uh, somebody in the front office about kind of the trade deadline and like what the, the I guess the plan was heading into that. Uh, so that is something I need to write today. Uh, it'll be what I do when I get off this. Um, and that should be out the next couple of days. So I'm excited for that. I uh, I definitely... It was fun to sit down and talk about that. It was just a different topic, you know. We spent so much yeah. time talking about the nitty gritty details and what Christian Brown's <laughs> doing in catch and go situations. It was cool to talk about. I I also just learned a little bit about like the CBA and kind of what the challenges are with it. So yeah, keep an eye out for that. Long plug. <laughs> do you talk to do you talk to Ben? Tommy. Okay. Oh, cool. That'll be a fun combo. Yeah. That's that's yeah. all. I, I'm sure it was combo everybody make sure to go check that out when it drops yeah. so matt does a great job and like it's it's more probably stats based than it is like hey here's a a reporting like kind of thing or a conversation like like article with with somebody so this is uh this is a new territory for my guy matt brooks so uh make sure to go check that out everybody uh all right nicole Jokic, he's pretty good um uh, nicole Jokic last night was <laughs> incredible uh, like just a lot of fun to watch him. And the first thing that I noticed like throughout the game was that he just looked like he was having a ball out there, just looked like he was having so much fun and it wasn't anything stressful. He was making everything. He was making all these reads. He was throwing the ball, the length of the court, the behind the back pass that he had to Aaron Gordon in like, like just reading out of a pick and roll and a slip was that's stupid. And and he just he does that like and that's just something that we now have to live with now. Yep. Uh, what's your what's your what's your fun Jokic take from last night? His presser. His presser. I promise oh, yeah? the presser was like the highlight for me. Dude, he talked about legacy. Man, I couldn't believe yeah. it. Yes, he did. I've never heard him do that. Uh, it was great. Yeah, he's talking about yeah. This is something cool because you know like yeah I figured. Nicola doesn't like to talk about his stats. He wants to talk about the team and everybody else on it. But some, yeah, I don't remember what the question was, but he was asked about the triple double. And he said, this is a cool thing I'm going to get to look at at the end of my career. I almost fell out of my chair. I couldn't believe it. It was a fun presser, um, which was like really cool to hear him talk about that. I, the game was awesome. I mean, it was just a perfect shooting from the field. Uh, he's making passes. I, he had the opportunity. He almost got the triple double first half, which would have been absolutely wild. He knew that this was a thing going into the game. And I I don't know. I don't think he was like he's playing within the flow of the game, but it certainly felt like he he knew it. And he was, you know, kind of there were a bunch of opportunities. I, there was that play where Aaron was under the rim and he kicked out to the corner. That could have been it right there. So uh it but to me, yeah, it was a really it was cool to hear him talk about legacy. It was really cool for me. It's wild. He's he's not somebody that usually does that, obviously. And and when he whenever he says something like that. You pay attention a little bit because some things mean a little bit more to him than others, and, and I think that the the triple double especially is something. It's it's like a nice representation of hey, I impact the game as much as I can in every way that I can. Because he said that before, right? Like he he said it before where the triple double itself, and then like he he takes pride in being able to impact the game in so many ways, and like just whatever the team needs from him he's able to do or he's able to try that kind of started from hey I'm, I'm gonna dribble the ball up the floor or hey i'm going to go into the post and i'm gonna be a post passer or i'm going to run some pick and roll now because hey we don't have as many healthy guards anymore uh then then to the point where you're just kind of putting the burden of the world on your shoulders and he just he, he's willing to do that and like this is one of those stats that's like he, he's been so amazing at that every single night. And and this one I think meant even more just because you get the triple double against every team in the NBA joining LeBron and Russell Westbrook. Uh those guys obviously modern day legends in terms of their ability to impact in all areas. Um and then 
I looked this up actually. This was the 16th perfect triple double in NBA history in terms of points, rebounds, and assists. 16 total times. Jokic now has four. Wilt Chamberlain has three. Draymond Green has two. Yeah, and there are seven other guys that that did. TJ McConnell. TJ McConnell. Is oh, I forgot about that one. Yeah. Look at you. Oh, Michael Malone, that. <laughs> oh, my God. It's Michael Malone's favorite player. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's crazy. It's just a wild, wild level of impact. Uh, what can you say about, like, when, when Jokic does these historical things, how do you evaluate it? Because there are so many times where he will put up a historical stat. How do you process it? Kind of how how does that go in your head? Not enough. Like he'll finish mm. with like I, I think uh, Christian was talking about that last night. How he'll like go eighteen of seventeen from the field, and I'll be writing up my recap, and I'll be like typing up. Okay, well Nicola shot this, this, and I and then there's certain times where I think about that, and I'm like, dude, this guy just played like thirty, whatever, like mid thirties minutes. Uh, and missed two shots on like hard shots. He's posting up like these are not like he's you yeah. know a, an alley oop center. Like it, it's it's I don't know. It, I don't think I think about it enough. You, it's I think it's impossible almost to not be sensitized to greatness a little bit. Uh, but it really is incredible what he's able to do. He leads the NBA in post touches, elbow touches. Uh, you know and. He's touching the ball constantly. He is so much of the offense goes through him. And for him to remain that freaking efficient is unbelievable. But, yeah, I mean, a perfect triple-double. Uh, I think his ninth or tenth shot is that catch he gets probably a couple feet in front of the free-throw line. Spins, spins, layup through three defenders. He's just he's so good, man. He's just so good. <laughs> I've tweeted like 400 versions of – He's really good, huh? <laughs> like, yeah, know, right. Like, <laughs> I, I've officially started calling him Triple Double Man, uh, and like I know, like Milwaukee Bucks fans and then like some other fan bases, like Philly fans, will definitely say that in a more demeaning light, where these guys are not necessarily like trying. They're 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 going against uh, just what he has accomplished and and trying to make light of it. I say it from like a, a place of endearment where like he is like as, as likely to have a triple double as anybody in the NBA in NBA history with the pace that he's currently on. And like the, where, where Russell Westbrook was at at this point in his career uh, was not close really to where Jokic is right now. Uh, somebody like Luca will probably break the triple double double record in in some, some odd years like that. That'll probably happen. But for this moment in time, like Jokic is going to break, like unless something crazy happens. Like Russell Westbrook, I think between regular season and postseason has 210 triple doubles. I think Jokic has 138, if I'm not mistaken. That thing's coming down. Like that, that is not staying like in Russell Westbrook's hands. Like Jokic will accumulate that if he plays any level of like minutes for the next five years like it is going to happen and if he were to achieve that at least for a time like it is just one of those things that like sets him apart as one of the most impactful superstars in all categories that we have ever seen i've never understood why people like count that against him okay he can affect the game in three like of the main categories that's, that's, yeah. I would say they're pretty important thing. categories, by the way. They're really important. Like that, that's that's. <laughs> I don't, I don't just, get it. I, I don't understand it. Like he's. It's it's so important. Yeah, I mean, I'm trying to think of there was a game maybe against Boston. I, I'm there's a game where he had like I don't know how many boards. There's a couple. I wish I had this on hand right now, but it it was like he wasn't scoring. Like the scoring wasn't going for him, so he just it just goes all right. Cool. I'm just gonna grab every single offensive rebound. It was a couple of months ago. I wish I knew which one it was. Right. So if you give me a second on stat muse, I can pull it up. But it, it is it is truly yeah, remarkable, it. like the way he can uh, affect the game, it, just depending on what the game needs. And a lot of times the game needs him to do all three things. They need him to rebound, they need him to pass, and they need him to score. 
But it, to me, it just shows you like this, the greatness of Nikola Jokic is his consistency, but it's also his ability to read like what that day is calling for, what the story or, or what the need for that, for his team is that day. And he's going to go do that. And I mean, I think it comes out in triple doubles. Like that's, it's a good thing. <laughs> it's, it's certainly not a bad thing. Um, a hundred touches per game for him right now. 92.7 for DeMontis Sabonis is the next closest. Luca's at 92.4. So like those guys touch the ball. There's no doubt about it. Uh, Jokic is now kind of creeping up the time of possession. I was going to ask. I was going to ask. Like, yeah. He's, he's actually hand, like he's at 4.7 minutes per game, I believe, which is just under Trey Jones and Malcolm Brogdon. So like, Really, uh, really scraping the the top of the the barrel there in terms of like how, how many how much minutes he's taking away from the rest of the guys for them to shine. Um, but I do want to finish kind of with this on on Jokic. MVP race has been very contentious in recent years going against Joel Embiid. Embiid's obviously not eligible for that this year with the the games played requirements, but. Three other guys have kind of taken his place in terms of, hey, you could make an argument for these three guys in place of Jokic. Uh, SGA, Luka Doncic, and Giannis Antetokounmpo. I think that all three of those guys are incredible in their own rights, but right now I would have Jokic at the top because of the way that he impacts the game in so many ways at the center position while captaining the defense. Like, I think it's fair and everybody... Like nobody's going to be really super critical if it's Jokic who wins the MVP, but just I want to get your thoughts on if one of those other guys were to win, would you be like offended if you were a Nuggets fan? I would. I would, depends where the Mavs finish. I know standings don't matter, and they're playing better. They got to climb like four games in 27, 26 games now pretty hard to do it's not a lot of time to do that yeah uh i i think the guy i'd feel the best about is probably probably sga i think or sga would be my two where i'm like all right i feel like these two guys are like a level up and then it's probably luca and then Giannis has been like he's had a career year in terms of like his efficiency and stuff like that there's just too much going on with that team for me. And I know like a lot of that is out of his control, like the right. game year, but it's like at a certain point, like this is a team that like, yeah, like dude, everybody was saying, oh, that's the team. I'm pretty sure I was one of the people that was like, I'd have to think back. I think I was, I think I was a Milwaukee over Boston guy at the beginning of the year. And it's just been kind of like a ho-hum year. They're playing fine. Like Giannis has been good, but I don't know. I mean, it is kind of a narrative award and like, Boy, has the narrative been like positive about Milwaukee this year? Because it do does not feel like it's been that way for more than like three minutes. <laughs> it's also okay to be critical when they've been three and seven in their last ten games, and I think that Giannis has played every single one of those games. So like, yeah, and he's this been is awesome. Not a crazy like, thing. Yeah, <laughs> he's been awesome. Like a lot of it's out of his control, but it's still just like really weird. It would be weird for me to reward like a player on a team that's had that much going on outside of it. So I don't know. That's how I'd look at it. But yeah, the, those two, I yeah. think SGA and Nicola, like those, those are the two guys I'd be like, that seems like the top, top tier to me. I think it's fair. And I've, I've argued back and forth on SGA. I, I think that within his role, which is like, he's not even really like, he is a primary scorer. There's no doubt about it. He's not quite the the point guard that I think Jokic is in terms of, mm -hmm. hey, you're the, the leading playmaker. You're driving the offense for the rest of the team. So often their system is set up for several creators working in concert with each other because of the five out system that they play. And that's that's all well and good. And like, but it is sort of, I think it kind of takes away from SGA's individual awesomeness though his defense has been great and he is still yes. averaging like 30 31 a game so like it's hard to hard to take away from it too much because he's like even as a guard he's shooting like what 54 55 from the field <sighs> which is just that's a that's a rarity and he's driving like by far leading the league and drives his shot profile is pretty difficult it's like turnarounds and 
layups where he's getting around like three defenders. He, he to me is like the, and I, the reason I have him and Nicola um, in this like upper, upper tier is just like the difficulty, but the consistency, it's like every time I check the Thunder's box score, it's like, okay, SGA had 32 on like 56% shooting. Like it, it's every single time I check that. And I, I don't know, I'm not, I, I trust that people are like watching the league more nationally than me. I'm very locked in on the Nuggets. That's who I watch, who I work for. I'm I'm sure they're gonna make the right decision with all this, but uh, yeah, whenever I see those two, Nicola and, and SGA, it's like such a such impressive how consistent they are. I don't know how else to say it. Oh, it's fair. Like they those guys are, especially with where the expectations were for SGA. I don't think I would be offended if I were to watch. SGA win a, an MVP. I would just know that Jokic is the better player, which yes. is where I kind of come down to that. Like, yes, it, it would be kind of like one of those LeBron MVPs where, like, okay, you could definitely give it to LeBron, but this other guy might be having a better, a slightly better individual season within the concept of, of kind of where they are. Uh, I'm also kind of at that stage where SGA will have plenty of other opportunities to win mm-hmm. MVP but this is the opportunity for Jokic to win his third. And like, I don't know how to balance that out because like, I, I think that SGA and the, the Thunder are going to win like 60, 60 games next year. Like I, they're, they're, they're on the, the upward trajectory and like, there will be plenty of opportunities to credit him. People, if, they, if they're trying to fight to take it away from Jokic would be, that'd be a little bit weird because like, he's still probably the best player and like he's if you're basically have the same record then like I, I don't think you should be fighting that hard to sort of move it away from him but I'm look it is what it is I'm not gonna that is the last thing I will say about it. any final thoughts on MVP no I think it's funny last year it was like the narrative was all you can't give Nicola his third MVP look at the class that, that puts him in and now I'm like hey man if Nicola finishes his career with two MVPs we're gonna do the thing where we look back and we go why, so why didn't he have an MVP? That like I know it's going to happen because we mm. do it with every great player. Mm. He should have three MVPs. <laughs> like he's Larry Bird, Magic Johnson. I think he can get there. Like I think he can get into pretty if he continues at the pace he's going at and continues to play yeah. the way he is. I think he will be in that top ten ish player ever. I, I which I didn't know before I came here. And now watching him, I'm like, yeah, this feels like the right thing to do. <laughs> it's just like, I think that's where he's going to end up. But there is, there's that, that interesting part of legacy. So that should be, yeah. that'll be a fascinating thing. If he, if he finished with three or four MVPs, maybe two or three finals MVPs, led the entire NBA in triple doubles for his career, like there is, there is a, a, definite kind of a stacking of a case that you're really putting there where he's you're you're probably talking about a top 10 player of all time which is like i mean it might even be higher than that who knows so we'll we'll have to we'll have to navigate that when when it comes but uh either way let's let's take one more break when we come back we are going to sort of wrap up with uh i want to get your couple a couple takes on the final 26 games and just some stuff that michael malone has talked about and then we'll we'll talk about tonight's game versus the Blazers real quick. All right, final segment here. Let's chat about uh, just kind of things for the final 26 games. Uh, Denver obviously 1-0 in the, the post-All-Star break stretch here. Uh, one thing that we didn't mention, KCP goes out with a, a finger sprain from yesterday. We actually didn't get any clarity from Michael Malone on, on whether that was the same finger or not. I asked him, how's KCP doing? And he's like, oh, yeah, he's fine. We'll, we'll, we'll chat with him in, in just a little bit. So I'm, I can't imagine that it's that serious. Like, they probably did x-rays. They probably, like, I don't think they did an MRI or anything like that. But we would have heard if it was more serious. Um Denver needs to be healthy, but they also need to get some like reps with these different combos and different lineups and things like that. So I hope that KCP isn't out for any prolonged period of time because they, they need him and they, they actually kind of need him to get back on track a little bit. He's, he's down to 37% from three, 37.3, which is 
kind of no longer in that elite tier. And that that's one of the things where if you talk about the margins for where Denver's offense is right now, like they could they could use KCP getting fully back on track. Yeah, I wonder how much that was the hammy. I mean, he'll, he's one of those guys he'll never say because he's like there's – he'll be like, no, nah, it's fine. I'm just playing through it. Uh, but, yeah, I, I I think getting him on there – like the first 55 games, I feel like there was a little – well, first off, you didn't have Jamal for a good portion. Uh, and then you use a little bit more to experiment, try different lineups. Now, I, I like your point. I think you use these last 26 games to, like, simulate a little bit of your playoff rotations, and that means you got to have all your guys there. So – um, I, yeah, I definitely think um, I think that's a really salient point. Just about it's you need to get him back. Though, what is it? Pinky finger? One of those? Do we know which finger it was? It, it was the initially it was the right pinky finger. Now yeah. I, I assume it's the same one, but I I yeah. don't know. We we never got the clarification there. We will get it at what two thirty? I guess probably when the injury report comes out. Probably uh, something so, like yeah. that. That seems uh, seems like a good point. Good guess. Uh, yeah, but so we'll, we'll get clarity. But uh, yeah, those those can hurt a little bit. Just the jam of those, I think, can hurt quite a bit. So uh, yeah, it would be nice to get him on and get him uh, fully back. He was a little I, – and I don't remember – he did it pretty early, right? Because it was like that first couple possessions. And I, I think it was Kuzma who tried to dribble through him and Jamal, and he like got in for the steal. And I think I tweeted it out. And then you quote tweeted me, actually, yeah. Um about yeah. how I was like, his energy looks great. And you're like, Ooh, it looks like he tweaked his fingers. So uh, yeah, I, I think uh, I, I, it would be good to get him back fully healthy. That'll be the key trend. I think for these last 26. Certainly would be nice. Certainly would be good. Um, quick point on his splits, his shooting splits by month. I did this for Peyton earlier. Uh, October, he shot 41%. November, he shot 41%. December, he shot 44%. January, he's down to 29.9. And then February in four games, he was at 27.3. So a little bit of a, not, I, I guess I'd call it like a, a dip, not necessarily. I mean, I guess you could call it a slump too, because like it is below 30% at that point. So um, ever since the new year, actually, let's let's do that instead. Let's go to his game logs and just track ever since the new year actually hit. He is shooting 29.5% from three. So, look, that's that's a big deal. Like, you, you need him to be at tip-top shape by the time the playoffs roll around. Do I have any worries about him? No. But it's yeah. just something that I'll be watching for, for certain lineups that Denver's going to have to play. And he had a quiet march last year. I remember coming – that was like when I first started working for the Nuggets. He was, mm-hmm. he was at a 25% from three in March. And then he heads into the first round. It's 36%, then 41% against the Suns, 44% against the Lakers. Uh, so it, it continued to trend up uh, as, as kind of the, the playoffs went. So I, I wouldn't worry about it as much. I just think the biggest thing is just like his health will be the big thing. Great point, Matt Brooks. Great point to uh, to keep adding in those playoff numbers as well. That's a, That is a good – uh, thing for for Denver, I think. Um, okay, Fine, final couple things here. Uh, I know we've we've gone pretty long here. Uh, Michael Malone, over the course of these last couple days, couple like ever since the All Star break kind of ended, he's talked about Denver's goals and he's talked about seeding. He's talked about oh man, it's it's probably more it's less about seeding. It's less about getting a top one or two seed. It's more about how they play. It's more about getting fully healthy. It's more about the, like, just what you what you're seeing from the team at those points and how he feels about the team at those points. First of all, just do you have any reaction to that and and where like what Denver's priority should be? Is is he right about that? Is that like that's that the right call? I think he's right that health is the number one thing. Um, I think he's like technically he's right. Like you, you do want sure health number one, right? But I also would say you want a number one seed. He said that he said I want that and I want health. I just want health more, which is fair. I the players were the ones that were like I think every single one of the guys that we got this last week aside during practice. I mean, um, aside from Mike, who was a really quick interview, every other guy said we we want. We want the one seat. Like, we want the one seat. So I think that is something the team wants. I, I don't think that there's, like, this sense of in the locker room. They're like, ah, oh, we don't really 
care what seating we get. No, I, I think they've understood the whole year. Like we went into the playoffs last year. We had home court advantage in every series. And we realistically could have won every home game. Like game two against the Heat, I think we all can agree was like not the finest basketball game that we've was, ever won. That was the worst, the worst game that they played all playoffs. And there's like all no playoffs. question about it. They were and they disgusting level of execution. <laughs> no, and they called it out. Jeff Green was like, like this did not, like that was not it. Like and the players, like you ne- never, ever, ever see that happen during the, the playoffs where a guy comes on a press and he goes, like our effort wasn't good enough. So realistically, they could have gone undefeated at home in the playoffs last year. It matters. Home court advantage obviously matters in the playoffs. It matters when you play in altitude. It does. So yeah. I think they understand that. I don't think it's like this the team doesn't care about getting the one seed. I, I did think it was interesting messaging just that you got kind of different ones from the guys at practice and Malone kind of saying, hey, we want health number one. So I get everybody's point is kind of my long-winded way of saying it. I would just say, yes, you want to get a top seed. Like if you can get a one or two seed, that's a huge, huge deal versus like if you're a three or four seed because then you're going to be on the road in the second round. And the top four teams are good, like good this year. So you want to yeah. try to get home court advantage for especially that second round, if not all three rounds, that'd be ideal. It would be nice. And then like – I, I think, it, I think it was Matt uh, Moore who who made the point on a recent uh, Locked On Nuggets episode that I listened to. That like, even if you're getting the three seed, that's better than getting the four seed because hypothetically, mm-hmm. if one plays four and three plays two, and then three and four end up advancing to the Western Conference Finals, then as the three seed, you get home court advantage in that environment, and that's that's yep. one of those ones where. You at least control your own destiny in that regard, and you only have to go on the road for one, maybe two series for for the entire playoff run. So that would be great. Um, and that's I think where you control your own really destiny. Good. A bit. I think the five seed is really good this year. Like I think your five seed is the team that gets hot late, whether that's Dallas right now or maybe Phoenix gets it going. Like that team, I think is really, really, really good. Like an abnormally good five seed is, I think, what you're looking at. Yeah, and whoever kind of rises to the top there, that's going to be something that obviously you match up with. Now, right now it's New Orleans, but New Orleans has also won their last four games in a row and is eight and two in their last 10. So, like, and Dallas has won seven in a row and is eight and two in their last 10 at the sixth seed. So, I don't know if you're getting any breaks from anybody. Like, it's, yeah, it is at that point. And that's also one thing that, that Nicole Jokic said last night in his presser. It's like, hey, nobody wants to face the Warriors or the Lakers in the first round. Nobody wants that. So, well, that was an interesting admission. That was an interesting uh, little take there. Yeah, that was cool. Yeah, it was a good presser. Talk about talk about the All Star break. He was really honest about being <laughs> like, "Dude, I'm pretty tired, man." But it's so funny. Like he says that it's like the last guy on the planet you worry about being tired. It's like this is Nicola tired from All Star break, and he just walks into twenty one. Motherfucker had a triple, a perfect triple <laughs> <You're> double. <right>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, man, I, it, 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 yeah, but I, I, I like that point. I, I, no matter what, I think there's going to be the first round in the West is going to be just terrific. I mean, just from a basketball fan perspective, there's just going to be a, a good game every single night, um, which will be fun. Be really fun to watch. What do you need to see going forward to feel good about how they play? Because we we just we talked about okay, seeding is is one of those things that's you don't necessarily worry about that. You just worry about getting healthy. But they talked about they want to play a good style like their style of basketball going into the playoffs. So what does that look like? What are you what are you looking at for for those moments? Rotations for sure. I think you want to try to get those staggers a little bit more crystallize for what you want to do like obviously in an ideal world you play everybody next to Nicola and everybody's good but that's not what's going to happen so you do need to find those two three man combinations uh I have talked about the transition offense it was good yesterday right I think they did they outscore them in fast break points I want to say they did yes they outscored Washington 30 to 22 which is nice you haven't seen that a lot this year but um I think that would be that would be the big one um pretty big drop off this year from uh last year they were top four this year i think they're if not last they're one of the last couple teams in in the league in terms of transition efficiency so 
that'd be the big one. Uh, but at the, the weird at the same time, like it hasn't really like that fall off in transition hasn't hurt their overall numbers that much. They're maybe scoring one point less per hundred possession, which is because their half court the offense is better. So, but I, I think what made Denver so lethal last year was that they could just kind of it was like death by a thousand cuts. Like they they can they can hurt you in the fast break. They can hurt you in the half court. So I I think as a team whose identity is largely offense, they obviously have a gear on defense that we've seen, and they turn that up. But a team whose identity is the offense, you want to see them pretty balanced on all types of, um, I guess, types of scoring. I think it's fair. It's it's one of those things where that's that was the the sort of detractor from the offensive rating this year. It's like it it would be nice to see that kind of bounce back in the right direction. I talked about that yesterday or Wednesday, just as a, a level of more precision and uh, understanding of how they have to play heading into a playoffs, the details and ironing those things out. Like, I think, I think you're exactly right about that. Um, no, it's interesting to think about. And I, I think that's a salient point. So uh, are there any players specifically that you have your eye on down the stretch more than any others? Christian, but that's because I'm a huge victim of recency bias. Uh, but no, I, I do think like I do think Christian is a big one. Um, you want to try to get him going offensively, um, and I think if he's feeling in rhythm offensively, you're going to get the Christian Brown that we got in last year's regular season of playoffs defensively. He's been good this year defensively. I do think. I mean, he's by his own admission, he hasn't been to his standards defensively. So. Um, I think that would be the big one for me. Uh, other guys, uh, it'd be nice to see Reggie have, he doesn't need to play like exactly like he did in November, but like a little surge late heading into the season um, or end of the season. I think that would be nice. He's a guy that like, if if he's really in a groove, he could make a difference in a couple playoff games. Cause he's, he's a guy that gets hot. I mean, like, dude, that stuff matters. And they didn't really have that guy last year, which, is it has its pluses and minuses bruce i think was a lot more of like a consistent 10 to 12 guy like there might be a game where reggie goes off for 18 or something like that that can swing a game but those are probably the two guys i'm watching and i think i even told you yesterday before the game like reggie's my number one candidate to see like is this the guy who the all-star break seems to make the biggest difference for who shows the most spring in their legs after having a week off Reggie's a good candidate, and like he, he was skipping a little bit around. He's he's feeling pretty good. Did, obviously, didn't shoot at the, <laughs> well at the beginning of the game, uh, but he he made his last three shots, and I thought his reads mostly were really good. It was just kind of yeah. missing. So, look, it it is what it is. We'll 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 figure out just how it goes. I I throw in Michael Porter in there as well. Yeah, not necessarily for anything bad that he's done, but just like he is such a bellwether in a lot of ways for, Hey, if he, if he plays well, if he's shooting well, then like it's basically over for the opposition. So would like to see him have a month where he's shooting like 45% from three. That would be cool. Um, and so if, if that happens, then that sort of changes the calculus for Denver and for their offense. So it would be, would be nice to see him get back on track in that regard. Um, but man, I, I don't think I have much else. We've we've gone pretty long here. Uh, you're you're an, a rock star for for doing this immediately after doing a spaces, and I know that you've got you got plenty of other stuff on the docket as well. Yeah, I'm chatty today. Sorry if I went going a little <laughs> no it's tangential okay. today. I, from, from, uh, <laughs> I guess that's what podcasting is, right? It's just an hour of tangents. Uh, now, nah, I, I appreciate you for having me on. I, I always I'm always down to do this and. Uh, good to catch up with you it's been fun to like have a full season together i feel like i've gotten to know you a lot better um and and yeah. it's just been it's been fun man so I, I really enjoy doing this you're a rock star you're you're doing great work for nuggets digital man it's it's always fun to check out the work and everybody else should make sure to check out matt's work over at nuggets.com uh it's it's a a wonderful way uh, to sort of connect with the team and the, in the way, like get get a slightly inside perspective on on where things are going, and then just kind of the you get some some fun interviews like a uh, uh, Tommy Balchettis. That'll be that'll be a fun one for that to come out over the course of these next couple of days. So everybody, make sure to be on the lookout from that work for Matt, and make sure to give him some appreciation on the the Twitter X side as well. So he's doing great work. Uh, oh, we didn't even talk about the game tonight. Do you have any predictions? 
Uh, I think they win, right? Is that what, that what you want? <laughs> I think they win. I don't. Uh, yeah, they, they're rested. They go to Portland. <laughs> I get it's a back to back. I think they win. I don't know. And then uh, Sunday will be yeah. fun. They really like to. They seem to play really hard against Golden State. So I feel good about coming out of the break. I know it's a three and four, but uh, yeah, they just looked rested yesterday. Got a little bit of rest in the fourth quarter. So I feel good about tonight. I don't know about you. Uh, yeah, we'll we'll see. I'm I'm sure this is going to be one where Portland probably covers. Uh, I'm not sure what it's yeah. actually going to look like, but Portland Portland is going like they're coming out of the All Star break. They're going to have a slightly larger amount of motivation, I think, than Washington did. So we'll uh, we'll we'll see what happens there. But uh, no, I, I'm I'm looking forward to it. Everybody, make sure you go follow Matt at Matt Brooks NBA on the Twitter side of things. Uh, we are done here on this one everybody make sure also to go like and subscribe to the video oh and good lord i forgot to promo this uh these shirts these beautiful shirts these bad boys are sick uh from my guy anilo he's been doing great work on the design side on the on the back end of things uh if you want to go support your boy nicola and support your boy ryan on the mhs side of things uh Get one of these. Get one of these. The link is down in the description. They are sick and they are comfortable too. Uh, they've they're made of some pretty good cotton material. So make sure to go look for that. Uh, Matt, thank you so much for hopping in, man. You're a rock star, and uh, I'm looking forward to doing this again. If you're if you if you'd be so willing, <laughs> dude, hit me up anytime. I'm around for real. This is fun. Maybe we'll do something in studio. That seems like uh, that seems like something Talk we could about uh, that. we could say. Yeah, I'll be down. I'll yeah. be down. Get me out of the house. I okay. feel like I'm only at my apartment or uh, or ball arena right now. So I'm down. Let's do it. <laughs> you, you'll love to see it. All right, everybody, hit that like button on the way out. We will talk to you guys very soon.